Gary McAllister. Now he can restore a two-goal advantage in the final. And he does. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Central podcast and another celebration of Liverpool's 2001 treble winning team, where we take a look back at 20 years of Liverpool's treble win of the League Cup, UEFA Cup and FA Cup. And this week we are looking at the veteran Gary McAllister. And I'm joined as always by James and Max. How are you chaps? Very good. Happy to get another one of these. Oh, yes, another bald legend for us to talk about. Bit of a theme. There's been a bit of a theme, hasn't there, with the uh, old hairstyles. Even Michael Owen wasn't blessed with a great head of hair when he was in his 20s, was he? <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm trying to think. We've had Danny Murphy as Bruce Willis. Can can Gary McAllister be like John Malkovich or something? Yeah, uh, Jason Statham, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about that. I just Gary McAllister is too nice to be Jason Statham, even though John Malkovich is like quite often like a nutter in his movies. So I'll I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you. I'll have one. Yeah, well, have a to me, to me, he looks like Haley Cropper off Coronation Street with Noah. Okay, uh, on that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get going. I've never even watched Cory. This is what I I feel like I I feel like I dodged a bullet moving to Australia with that one. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Um, so Gary McAllister, he joined Liverpool fairly towards the end of his career, really, um, in 2000, and he stayed until 2002. Um, and talking about this treble winning team, 2001, he was 36 years old um, when he won these trophies, and they're really the only kind of, other than obviously he won the league at Leeds. Other than that, he didn't win a great deal. So this was really kind of a glut of trophies from right at the end of his career. How big an impact did he have, James, do you think, on that season as a whole? Oh, it was huge. Um, I think, like you said, at the age of 36, it's very rare for anyone to go out and sign a 36-year-old on a free, especially in this day and age. But I think to go and do it around about that time was was a bit of a big risk, especially with, how, well, we spoke about it before, how young Liverpool squad was at that time. Uh, um, but I think, you know, McAllister was brought in as someone to, He's the young lads through, coached them through um, really tough spells in a game when Julio probably couldn't get his tactics across. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he was vital to, to that team. And, you know, you look at some of his bigger moments in the season, like the, the UEFA Cup final, his, his contribution to that. Um, yeah, it, was, it was a massive, massive signing and a really big help towards for, for that side and for what they achieved. Yeah, I mean, in such a young, inexperienced side um, on the whole, having a, um, having a real veteran in Gary McAllister was such a huge bonus, I think. Um, Stephen Gerrard's spoken about the impact that he had on his career when he was a young player and how McAllister was sort of the, the wise old head Um uh, telling him, you know, how best to go about his business and everything. And they, they've clearly struck up a, um, a proper friendship in that regard. And also, he was still a very good player, even um, even at his advanced age. Yeah, and obviously we talk a lot about his experience in that team and we've spoken on other podcasts about how great Julio was with the younger players, particularly with the amount of games Liverpool had to play in this season. But do we take for granted a little bit his actual technical ability when we always seem to talk about him as, oh, yeah, he's really great for the experience of the young lad. A little bit like we do with James Milner now, I suppose, but he was actually a really, really good player. 
Yeah, he was. You look at the the goal against Everton in the Merseyside derby where I think Gerard Houllier is in disbelief that he's that he's hit it from that far out. And then like we like I mentioned before, that UEFA Cup final against Alaves, the way he, he steps up at at the age of years and the technical ability he still had with the free kick to whip it in for the golden goal, etc. He, he could still, you know, I think he was lucky um, in certain respect that the league wasn't as fast as what it was now. He, he probably did have a little bit more time on the ball, but if you gave him three or four yards, he could ping a ball down the left or down the right. And yeah, I think um, when he was signed at 36, I think a lot of eyebrows were raised within the fan base. Um, but I think, you know, the first couple of games into that season, um, I think uh, a lot of them were eyebrows of surprise to how good he actually was, not that they were surprised that we actually signed him. I think he's one of those players, I, I have a thing about particularly midfielders who aren't dictated by the fact they're fast or they're strong. They're dictated by their intelligence and their ability yeah. on the ball. And McAllister, you know, he wasn't he was, like he wasn't the quickest or the strongest even when he was younger. Um, and now at 36, coming into that team of young speedsters around him, he didn't need to be. He needed to be someone who could dictate the tempo of the game, who could find that ball, um, who could, you know, keep the ball as much as anything. Someone who knew what to do in the big game situations that a lot of these players haven't really been in before. Um, And having that experience, having that knowledge of what to do in stressful situations in the game was such a huge thing for this young team that went on to do so much. And, his finest performance arguably was that UEFA Cup final, as we've referenced against Alaves. Um, aged 36 years old, he scored one goal, got two assists, and then played the free kick that led to the own goal, which won which won the game because it was the um, golden goal rule in, in that final. For a man of his age, have we ever seen a performance like that in a European final? No, I don't think we have, and I don't think we ever will, especially, like you said, given the age and... That's what I was mentioning before. Is you know, inexperience at that in on the big stage in a European Cup final. You know, it's not the Champions League, but it is still a European Cup final, and his quality showed still at thirty six years of age. And I mean, the free kick at the end for the golden goal. It wasn't a bad free kick. Any Liverpool player could have got on the end of it. It was put on a sixpence for every single person in that box. It was just fortunate that an Alaves player got in the way and it ended up going in over his head instead. But I think you know that would be that would have put a big smile on Gerard Houllier's face, knowing that the player that he's brought in that was probably maybe one of his more questionable signings uh, ended up being one of his most important um, over the course of that season. Yeah, I mean that that performance was just fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, ha- having someone again with that level of experience in that final to sort of guide the younger players through it was just massive and. Um, yeah, you know, to perform like that in a final, I can imagine the Alaves coaching team were talking about Owen. Oh, they were talking about Heskey, Fowler, Gerard, um, maybe Sammy Hoopier at set pieces, but they wouldn't have been talking about the you know thirty six year old Scotsman who who had been signed on free from Coventry. Like it just he doesn't represent that threat on paper, but he was fantastic, wasn't he? And I think Gerard Houllier actually said when asked who was your best ever signing in football, he, he's used Gary McAllister as, as an example and said Gary was the best 
signing I'd ever made. Um, not just at Liverpool, but throughout his career, which that really speaks testament, doesn't it? When you think of all the great players that Julio has worked with, that Gary, Gary McAllister stands out as one of those he'd pick out and say, yeah, he's the best guy I ever signed. Well, what more can you say? That is huge. Like you said, he's he's been at some big clubs, Julio, you know, Liverpool, Villa, Leon. You know, he, he, you know, signed some big players for those teams in in that time that he was there. So it's a massive statement for him. And I think it's just because, I mean, A, it's always good to get a play for free. I mean, you're never going to argue with that. But I think it was, I mean, we've seen what McAllister's done now. He's started to go into backroom coaching and backroom. And I think he saw himself as a player on the pitch. So Julio looked at McAllister and thought, if I can get through to him what I want to do on the training ground, he's then going to drill it through to the players onto the pitch. And that's exactly what happened. It was flawless. And I know we've spoken about Julio before on this on the show, but that is just, it's just genius how you can get that across. And yeah, yeah I'm, no surpri- I'm not surprised to hear that, that he would regard him as his greatest ever signing. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the players that he, just the players that he signed for Liverpool, like you, have, like you have people like Jan Arisa, you have, um, you have great players coming in, um, and he just, you know, he had, he had a couple of shockers at Liverpool as well, but he made some fantastic signings for Liverpool. But yeah, Gary McAllister is just such a signing out of nowhere really and for him to have the impact that he had is just such a it's such an odd thing for a player of his age and profile to do it but yeah if you're talking pound for pound quite literally um then he yeah he's got to be and prior to his his Liverpool career he'd been around a little bit that started his career at Motherwell in Scotland before coming you know south of the border with Leicester City um, and Coventry and also with Leeds where he won the league you may forget he won the league in 1992 with Leeds which was the last time you know the, the league was won when it was known as the old first division before the Premier League came um, fair few caps for Scotland as well he obviously missed a penalty in Euro 96 against against England um, so he won't thank us for reminding them of that but he had a bit of, bit of pedigree and con- and has got, you know, his legacy goes beyond just Liverpool. I think a lot of Scotland fans and Leeds fans would remember him for his contributions for their teams as well. Yeah, massively. I think Scotland, I mean, no disrespect to them, but they, say the last 25, 30 years, they haven't been blessed with creating very technically good players. Um, you're not going to put Charlie Adam in the same category as Gary, McCall- <laughs> Gary McAllister. Um but yeah, and I think that speaks a lot of, about a player when every club they've played for have fond, memory of, fond memories of him, don't have anything bad to say about him. And like you said, that Leeds team that won it the year before the Premier League was formed had the likes of uh, Eric Cantona in it as well. So, um, so they were a really good Leeds side. And I mean, to go to a struggling Coventry team that the way he did, um, you know, they weren't the greatest at the time. I think it was Gordon Strachan that was in charge. Um they weren't the greatest uh, side to ever play in the Premier League, but <clears throat> I think he was captain there as well. So he proved to be a leader there, getting them through the tough times um, and did the same at Liverpool. So I think if you could play for three top flights, three, four English top flight teams and not one of those teams uh, has a bad word to say about you, I think that just speaks everything about uh, Gary McAllister. Yeah, I mean, 
as James said, if, if you go through the teams that he did and everyone has only good things to say about you, you've clearly done very, very well. And he's got over 50 cats for his country as well. I mean, like, he was clearly well-respected in the Scottish um, football terms as well. I mean, as, um, as James alluded to, that penalty against England won't be something that he'll, um, he'll want to remember. But, but, you know, he was still a great servant to Scottish football as well as Premier League football. And I think his, his legacy won't be up there with the likes of Michael Owen and Steven Gerrard and, um, and Sammy Hoopier and other great players who were part of um, uh, the treble winning season. But I think he, it would be remiss to forget his contribution, definitely. And since retiring in 2004, is there a few management spells? His first managerial spell was actually, he was actually player manager for Coventry for two years, which is a nice little thing you don't see too often these days with a player manager, do you? Um, but yeah, he managed Leeds for a bit. Um, he was part of Gerard Hulet's backroom staff at Villa in 2011. But most recently, I guess, he's been best known for being Stevie G's right-hand man at Rangers. Um, since Gerard got the job in 2018, Gary's been his number two and probably played a very big role in Rangers being where they are now from, you know, looking at Celtic may win 10 in a row in Scotland, which is unheard of, to what a fantastic record-breaking, unbeaten season that Gerard and McCarthy have mastermind at Rangers um, in 2021. I think it's been huge to Rangers' success this season, having Gary McAllister as Stephen Gerrard's number two. I think... Gerard, I think Gerard said there was no other option apart from taking Gary McAllister. He was his number one option to take up there. And I think he alluded to, he knows the history of the Scottish League. He knows what it means to the fans up north to the border. And he's been absolutely you know, spot on with that. And it's proved to be right. I think we've seen him, like you said, at Aston Villa under Gerard Houllier. And um, he's, he's obviously worked on some other good, you know, Gordon Strachan was a good manager in the 90s, in the early 2000s. He wasn't, you know, he went um, to Celtic later on, etc. But no, I think having the experience of Gary, Gary McAllister as your number two to sort of guide you through, you know, the likes of Dundee away on a cold Wednesday night when, you know, cause let's be honest, Rangers, yes, are a big team in Scotland, but the drop down from what Steven Gerrard's been used to playing in the Premier League for Liverpool, playing against the greatest players, sometimes it is hard to then try and elevate those players that you've got to either be your level or maybe expect a little bit too much of them or the league. So I think Gary McAllister being there to sort of not hold Gerard's hand, but to sort of give him the advice all the way through it, I think has led to the success they've got this season and I think is going to make Gerard the manager that we all hope he's going to become um, when he inevitably becomes Liverpool manager. Is Dundee United on a cold Wednesday the Scottish equivalent of Stoke on a cold, windy Tuesday? Is that how it works? <laughs> James just invented it, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if we got Dundee and Stoke to play, like, shithousery football grand final, like, in, like, one at the Britannia and one at, I don't know, what Dundee United State is, unfortunately. Sorry, any Dundee fans who have ardent listeners of um of our podcast um no in all seriousness having someone who had a great knowledge of scottish football who was more experienced um than him in on that front would be such a huge thing for 
Stevie to have. And Stevie, I think, is he's obviously got quite a fiery personality. Um, and I can imagine that he, a few of the Rangers players over the time he's been there will have felt his ire, I'm sure. Um, and to have someone who's a bit more calm, a bit more, a bit more tranquil in the form of McAllister um, and someone who can put that arm around your shoulder, I think will be a huge thing for him. Um, Mourinho, um, for example, who is, Ger- who was Gerard's coaching icon, um, always spoke about how how important it was that he had Rui Faria to you know um, to be that link between the squad and himself, and I'm sure that McAllister fulfills a similar role at Rangers. And the partnership that he has with Gerard has clearly worked brilliantly. Yeah, and also um, it's worth noting that McAllister did actually have a little spell as part of Brendan Rodgers' backroom staff with. Liverpool in, in back in 2015 I think it only lasted three or four months in the end because Rodgers um lost his job but he still works as a Liverpool ambassador um off the pitch Gary McAllister does as well um so maybe we'll see him back in Anfield dugout one day alongside Stevie who knows but for the time being how do you think Gary is regarded among the Liverpool fan base uh, I think from the generation um of who were following Liverpool around that time. I think he should be regarded as one of the club's most successful signings. Um, I think anyone who could come into the club and can deliver trophies in the debut season obviously goes down as, as the Liverpool favourite. But I think when you take into his age, how he embodied the club, he embodied the management style and obviously the deliverance of a record-breaking you know, trophy haul in, in one season, uh, I think he should be remembered as possibly fighting James Milner for the club's greatest ever free transfer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, <laughs> to get, I still can't quite get my head around the circumstances of his transfer. At his age, from the club he was coming from, to have the impact that he had is just so insane. Um, he, yeah, to have the the history that he has at Liverpool and how he's remembered by the fans um, for the short amount of time that he spent at Anfield, but to have the influence that he had. I mean, he the the influence that he had on a young Steven Gerrard's career is something that cannot be understated. He, he is such a big part of Gerrard's development. And without him coming in, there is a very real possibility that Steven Gerrard is not the same player that we got to enjoy for so long after that. And I think that that, as much as his contribution to Liverpool winning the um, um, strange travel, um, will be something that he should be remembered for and thanked for. Absolutely. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Anfield Central Podcast Anniversary Celebrations. We'll be back for our final show very soon where we talk about the one and only Stephen Gerrard. We've left the best till last, guys. But until then, James and Max, thank you for your time. Thanks for having us again. Always a pleasure. And until then, you can keep up with up to date with all Anfield Central content on our website, anfieldcentral.com, and on our Twitter at Anfield underscore Central. And our podcasts are on Apple Pods and Acast. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Gary McAllister. Now he can restore a two-goal advantage in the final. And it does. <laughs>